What's happening, everybody? On today's show, Greg McElroy is going to join us as we talk some big-picture SEC topics with him, getting ready for the upcoming football season. Also, we'll go around the conference as the preseason Top 25 Coaches poll is out and some camp notes from Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Mizzou, Arkansas, and beer in Tuscaloosa. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And the season right around the corner. Of course, the annual preseason coaches poll coming out this week and... Alabama picking up 1,634 overall points while gaining 54 of the 66 first place votes in the poll. So Alabama overwhelmingly the number one team in the country preseason. Ohio State coming in at number two. Defending national champion Georgia coming in at the number three spot, but did eclipse Ohio State with six first place votes Clemson and Notre Dame round out the top five other SEC schools coming in the rankings. Texas A&M comes in at number seven. And then you got to go down a ways, all the way to number 21, Kentucky coming in as a top 25 preseason ranked team. Arkansas coming in at number 23. And Ole Miss coming in at number 24. Now, we had a couple of SEC schools just on the outside looking in, including LSU getting some votes, Auburn, as well the uh, preseason coaches poll for the first time lsu did not make the top 25 for the first time since 2000 they did receive 143 votes tennessee also in there they got 163 but those teams not making the cut so quite a run lsu had 22 straight years making the preseason top 25 Uh, i would argue they're a borderline you know could have put them at 24th 25th whatever um Look, if we're going to give USC the benefit of the doubt with a new head coach, why wouldn't you give LSU the benefit of the doubt with a really good head coach in Brian Kelly? Hey, Brian Kelly's at least played for a championship. Lincoln Riley still trying to get there as he uh, basically loses every year when he makes the playoff. But nonetheless, best of luck to him over at uh, USC in that, what they go, 4-8 and eight last year? Give up 62 points to UCLA? Yeah, but I'm sure Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley will fix everything. Uh, one note on Alabama, Will Anderson, of course, the uh, top defensive player in the country. He was talking with the media this week and being asked about awards and preseason hype and, uh, of course, Alabama coming in number one in the coaches poll. Will Anderson said, I didn't even know nothing about that until you just told me, so pretty sure the team doesn't know. We don't know anything about that, so that is rat poison. Using Nick Saban's line to a T there. Over at Georgia, Will Muschamp came back to his alma mater to work under Kirby Smart last year, helping the Bulldogs win a national title as their team's special teams coordinator. Uh, This year, he is serving as co-defensive coordinator for the Dogs alongside Glenn Schumann with Dan Lanning, who left for the Oregon head coaching job this offseason. On Tuesday, Muschamp meeting with the media, saying he appreciates the opportunity Kirby Smart gave him 
added it's the best job in America. He said all those guys are guys I'm more familiar with. Coach Smart, Coach Bobo, Coach McClendon, all those guys have a vested interest in the University of Georgia. He said, number one, I credit, again, Coach and the young men of the staff we've recruited. What is your role in the organization? Do the best job you can. And I think I've got the best job in America. So we'll see what Coach Muschamp can do with that Georgia defense this year. Quick scheduling note in Alabama. They filled a slot for their 2024 season, adding uh, Mercer November 16th, 2024. So the other non-conference games in 2024 for Bama, they would open with Western Kentucky, then play South Florida, then play Wisconsin, and then get Mercer later in the year. Of course, all that's subject to change with the SEC schedule, possibly changing by 2024 if uh, old Texas and Oklahoma come in a year early. Over Tennessee, defensive line coach Rodney Gardner in his second season uh, with the program, hired uh, as part of Josh Heupel's initial staff there in Knoxville. And he was asked, uh, is any one particular player stood out on that defensive side in the midst of preseason camp ahead of the opener against Ball State? Gardner said, we had to vote on who was probably the most improved guy in that room. I would definitely say Dominic Bailey. He's gotten better. He's flashed. He's shown that he's going to have an opportunity to help this team. So we will see what the uh, former four-star recruit can uh, do this season for the Vols. But Dominic Bailey, a name to watch for the Vols this season. Over at Arkansas, they are going to open their season with Luke Fickle and the Cincinnati Bearcats on September 3rd. Going to be a tough matchup for Fickle. He was on SportsCenter on Tuesday talking about that matchup, and he said, look, the last two SEC teams we've played has not been good for us. He said, our guys in this entire program, we know what to expect. I wish I could tell you what this team is right now. I'd like to tell you what it really is. we got to uh, go out to a camp about 20 days, and that's when we will develop what this will really look like. Uh, Cincinnati trying to figure out who their starting quarterback is going to be with Desmond Ritter now in the, uh, in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons. Evan Prater and Ben Bryant both vying for that starting job for Cincinnati in the opener against Arkansas. Speaking of Arkansas, Matt Landers spent four years with Georgia. Last year, transferred to Toledo, where he had 20 catches for over 500 yards and five touchdowns. This offseason, he transferred again, now with Arkansas. And in preseason camp, Landers made quite an impression on his new teammates and coaches. Cornerbacks coach Dominique Bowman talking with the media this week said that Landers is one of the hardest receivers for the covers for the corners to cover so we'll see if this is the year that everything clicks for Matt Landers and maybe give KJ Jefferson another big target for the Razorbacks over at LSU uh, they have dropped the video describing the uh, process of defensive end BJ Ojolari getting the number 18 jersey head coach Brian Kelly talking about the importance of that uh jersey and the importance that of Ojolari on the field and in the weight room he said it's a guy that raises the temperature of everybody in the room he does it by his presence does it by his actions he's somebody that you want to follow so Ojolari of course uh, older brother went off to the NFL after playing at Georgia he said I'm leaving my legacy at LSU once you wear the number 18 you can't go back you're going to forever be 18 so let's see what he can do building off those seven sacks he had last year over at Missouri they're in the midst of a quarterback battle, and it looks like Brady Cook might have the upper hand right now. Dave Matter from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch was on with McElroy and Kublik on Jocks FM in Birmingham this week and talked about the battle between Brady Cook, Tyler Macon, and Jack Abraham. Matter says that Cook 
has been the first quarterback on the field in their drills. He said he's the guy that's played most in drinks offense. They want this competition to be close, not necessarily go on forever. It's a hard decision. They know if something happens during the season, they've got somebody else right there that can play that they can trust. Cook is a redshirt sophomore, played sparingly last year, got a full game in the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, Macon appeared in limited action last year against Southern, Southeast Mizzou and Georgia. So, see if Brady Cook is the guy for Missouri this year. Over at Auburn, Brian Harson was asked about his kicker, Andrews Carlson, recovering from that serious knee injury and gave a positive update saying he was wearing his brace uh, today on the kickoff. I don't think he's put everything into a swing yet, but he put it in the end zone. That's the thing. He's got the leg, so he's an elite talent. The thing about Andrews, he's mature, understands there's a progression to all this. By the time we've got to go play, he will be ready. He's ready right now, but for his level, he can go out there and be as good as most kickers in the country right now. Where he's trying to put himself there is a progression to get there. And lastly, one more note over at Alabama. Of course, uh, they are still going forward with trying to serve beer in the stadium at some point. The uh, stadium's concessionaire. Uh, has applied for a liquor license. That hearing is set for next Tuesday. If the application is approved and the other necessary paperwork gets filed and approved, there could be alcohol sales at the stadium as soon as September 3rd when Alabama opens its season against Utah State. So crossing your fingers for a lot of the Bama faithful out there. Here's hoping you guys can get some beer in Bryant-Denny Stadium this year. There you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with Greg McElroy. You don't want to miss that. First, want to remind you guys about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, whatever it is. BetOnline has got you covered. Just head on over to their website. You can do so on your mobile device like I'm doing right now. And BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores, podcasts. They've got you covered. they got stuff on there right now with Wimbledon. they got preseason NFL betting lines. If, if you're a degenerate and you want to get into that, head on over to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the action happening today. Again, tons of college football content coming your way in the next couple weeks. You don't want to miss. It is better online and it is where the game starts rocking and rolling here from sec media days and one of our favorite people to catch up with every year is greg mcelroy abc and espn broadcaster co-host of mac and cube on jocks fm in birmingham greg what's going on man hey man what's happening uh let me start here. You get to work with Cole Kublik every day. Who's the bigger diva? Oh, I think I'm probably the bigger diva, but <laughs> don't get it twisted now. I mean, Cole likes to play this blue-collar, you know, I'm down in the dirt, like, offensive line. But don't get it twisted, man. Like, he likes fancy stuff. Like, he's a sneakerhead. You know, he always like, – I mean, he is, he is very much into the finer things. Now – like, I like to drink high-end whiskey. He doesn't drink or anything. So, like, I'm a little bit snootier, like, when it comes to whiskeys and, like, food. He's more snooty when it comes to, like, snacks and comfort and <laughs> style. Like, we are we're actually quite different in, in a lot of ways, but complement each other, I think, pretty well on the show. What's the – are you a golf guy? 
I do like golf. Yeah, okay. I, I am a golfer, um, like most quarterbacks. I, I didn't pick it up until I was 27, though. Oh, wow. Uh, growing up in South Lake, Texas, we, we did have access to a golf course um, in our neighborhood, but we, we didn't play. Uh, <laughs> it was far too hot in the hours and days that we had a chance to go out there. And yeah. I wasn't going to go grind. I wasn't good enough, nor did I care enough to go out there and play at you know, in June in 110 degree heat at one o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, football worked out for you, but let's be honest, you could be on the live golf tour right now making I like, mean, you know, yes. uh, $60 million. I, seeing some of that money, I am in pursuit <laughs> of a live golf contract right now. But if they want to bring me on with Barkley and Faraday, like I'll go. Yeah, I'm good with that. Like I'd be happy to go broadcast on YouTube or something like that. I believe they're on YouTube. And, yeah. Uh, and I, if they're throwing money at those guys and throwing money at the players, like I, I'd be willing to take a little <laughs> off their hands. We'll put that out into the universe for you. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC very soon. You're a guy who's thrown the horns down. You think the SEC is going to make that a penalty when they get here? They shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, that's the most ludicrous, it, it ridiculous, is, right? childish thing in the world. <laughs> um, if you put the horns down, it doesn't mean you're like, you know, slaughtering longhorns or anything. It's like, I mean, come on. It's literally just fun. It's a, it's a hand gesture. It's, it's a like hand <laughs> Well, there are hand gestures that are very offensive. Very dis- yeah, disrespectful, um, sure. However, that one in particular, not so much. Like, I remember vividly, and I grew up a longhorn fan, uh, a, a diehard. I, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say I was a diehard longhorn fan, but they were definitely the team I pulled for in the state of Texas growing up. Um, but I... You know, I remember vividly going to Red River Red River shootouts with my dad growing up at the Cotton Bowl and seeing multiple Oklahoma players putting the horns down and never being offended. <laughs> like I just never, I mean, it was never a thing. I mean, right. it's like, that's what they did. I, and by the way, if I did that and scored a touchdown against the Longhorns, I would do the exact same thing and didn't score a touchdown, but did it. Yeah. So, and have, by the way, for all the Longhorn fans out there, I have no regrets about putting the, long, putting the horns down. It's okay. Like, I hope we've moved on from that point. It's going to be weird when they're here at SEC Media Days in a, in a couple of years with Texas and Oklahoma. It's just going to be. I think they should put Texas, Oklahoma, and AM all on the same day. <laughs> they absolutely should. And Arkansas. Just make all four of them go on the same hey, day, it, and we can just make it super awkward. It will be very awkward for a lot of those fan bases. Uh, let me ask you this. What was, I was reflecting back on your career, looking back at numbers. What was the worst loss of your college career? That would be to South Carolina. But that, I wouldn't say that was the worst loss. I said that was the most gut-wrenchy loss. Um, no, that, wasn't the, that was the worst loss statistically, but not the most gut-wrenching. The most gut-wrenching was against Cam Newton in 2010. Uh, yeah. And that was when we had a pretty big lead and couldn't hold on to the lead there in the second half. You looked at, you looked angry recounting those memories. Is it weird? It's water the, under the, the bridge the now. Losses, I mean, the losses stick with you though, right? Yeah, I don't care about the wins. Like it, <laughs> you don't. I mean, it's it's weird, but it, the losses are just so much more painful than the wins are gratifying. Right. You know, the wins are a relief. Like you're you're happy that you got them. You did what you were supposed to do. Did I ever celebrate a win? Yeah, like we'd go out and celebrate after the game or whatnot, I suppose. But it was never something that we just cherished. I mean, like losses were just, they stole your soul and, and, <laughs> and still do in some ways. Like, I mean, not that, not that I'm not over it at this point, right. but it still bothers me that we lost games that we did and lost games how we did for sure. Uh, it was funny. Somebody brought this up to me, and so I figured I'd pose it to you this way. Is Stetson Bennett this decade's version of Greg McElroy, a guy who's a little disrespected, a little underappreciated, 
but all he does is win. Well, I would say that there's a lot of similarities to that. <clears throat> the one difference that, that I probably didn't have to deal with as much is I was not actively trying to be replaced by every fan. <laughs> you know, like people were pretty content with me at quarterback. Yeah, probably disrespected, I think, in some ways for sure. Probably underappreciated. Uh, I think I was, a, I was a decent player. I don't think I was a game changer by any stretch, but I think I could have been if I was asked to be. Um, and, and I think that Stetson has proven all the doubters wrong over and over and over again. So I have a, a lot of respect for him, and I think the one difference is that I looked the part, he doesn't, and that's, I think, why people have had a hard time endearing themselves to Stetson Bennett. You know, like I had the measurable size and the measurable, you know, I mean, I had all the measurables. And he did, doesn't check the box as far as measurables are concerned. He looks undersized. He, you know, he has a little bit of an odd throwing motion, a little bit of a unique throwing motion, and people just can't quite wrap their head around why he's beating out four- and five-star guys. Um, people are really wrapped up in recruiting now, even more so than when I was in school, and they believe that five-stars walk on water and walk-ons are terrible. And it's not true. It's not accurate. I've seen plenty of five-stars that can't play and plenty of walk-ons that are ballers. So it, it just... People are hard-headed, and, and I think it's unfortunate, and I think it's unfair because the kid has played his tail off and has stepped up in big moments for him, so I hope he gets the appreciation he deserves. It just might be a little later than it probably should have come. Let me ask you one more real quick. Uh, do you like where we are with the direction of college football right now? I mean, it's almost like, uh, look, a lot of us don't like it, but it kind of right. it is what it is, right? I'm not bothered by it like some. I mean, I, to me, and this is going to sound a little bit like – uh, I'm in favor of the haves versus the have-nots, and I, maybe I'm that way. I played at Alabama. And admittedly, <laughs> yes, I, I understand that there is a need to appeal to the smaller schools, and there's a place for the smaller schools, but I don't think that we need to be making decisions on behalf of the smaller schools. Yeah. And that is that's, that's maybe a little bit disrespectful, perhaps. I, I, I don't know. And to me, where we're going in college football is having better matchups. Because I know this. I've called big games. I've been at big games. I've called bad games. I've called games involving small schools and games involving big schools. You know the games that are going to rate because it's going to capture a, an audience that is unattainable for some schools. Like There's a reason why Oklahoma and Texas, we're considered valuable to the SEC. It's because Oklahoma has played more games with a million viewers over the last five years than anyone else in college football. Texas, number two behind Oklahoma in the Big 12. It's the reason why USC was attractive to the Big 10. It's because they moved the needle. And I think if we can get to a point where every single game is watchable, that strengthens the product. Um, as far as NIL is concerned, it, I don't really get lost in the weeds because when toe meets leather, I'm not thinking about how much the right guard's making. I right. just don't care about it. Uh, I care about how he executes. Um, so I don't worry my, myself as much about the NIL. I worry about creating the most intriguing game possible and whatever it takes to create the most compelling matchups. That's what I'm in favor of. And I get the sense that some of the things and some of the moves that have happened are going to create much better matchups for college football. So when you get a Texas and Alabama once every 15, 20 years, well, now you're going to get it every year, potentially. That, to me, is advantageous to the sport and growing the sport for future generations. Speaking of compelling matchups, you'll be on the call for a lot this fall. We look forward to seeing you there, Greg. Thanks so much Appreciate for the time. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Great right. to see you. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Our thanks to Greg McElroy for joining us. Make sure you subscribe and check us out, either the podcast form or the video form over on YouTube. If you haven't done so yet, just go search 
Pull up your YouTube app on your phone, search Locked on SEC. Hit subscribe for us as we continue to try to build up a following. We're going to have tons of great videos throughout the college football season and tons of great guests still to come in the coming weeks as we get you guys ready for the start of the SEC season. Brad Nessler from CBS Sports is going to join us. We're going to have our conversation with David Cutcliffe, who now works in the SEC office. We'll talk some old days at Tennessee with him. Uh, we'll have uh, start previewing some of the different schools. We'll talk with Ronnie Brown, the former Auburn running back. He's set to join us. T-Bob Bear will talk some LSU with us. Eric Kane will talk some Tennessee. Wes Blankenship will join us to talk some on Georgia. Nick Roush will talk Kentucky with us. So tons of great uh, team breakdowns as we get you going here in the next couple weeks, getting you set for the start of the season. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Now you can go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts like Locked on Auburn, Locked on LSU, Locked on Razorbacks, whatever your school is, we've got it covered. Chances are... Uh, wherever you get your podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Go check it out now. I will talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked On SEC. Have a great day, everybody.